Welcome to His Hands, His Feet podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth Camp. I've said many times or in many episodes that the purpose of this podcast is to encourage and equip you to live a life on mission. And I've also said that I believe that God has given every single one of us a purpose and mission in this life. And for me, I draw from my own experiences of what I felt like has been my purpose or mission throughout different seasons, whether it's been mission work or nonprofit work or as a foster and adoptive parent, and all those have a common thread going through them, and that is that God has uh, used my life to accomplish what He's wanting to do in this world in those areas. And, you know, I reach out to others that uh, are involved in, in those different areas, uh, whether it be a missionary or a foster or adoptive parent or someone involved in that f- field, or maybe it's a local nonprofit uh, ministry leader. And I interview them and I talk to them about what, what they're doing and how they felt God has called them to do what they're doing. And I hope and, and really do uh, think that it can encourage and equip you and even and compel you to um, live the life of mission and purpose that God has called you to. And today, um, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you a good friend of mine that I've known for he and his wife and their family for a few years now, close to eight years, maybe something like that. And they have been serving um, in South Asia. We're not going to uh, share the exact location, exact country because of security reasons, nor will we use their last names. But uh, Joel and Leah have been, along with their family, been serving for a little bit over two years. And I'm looking forward to you here in the conversation where we go through some things. Um, one is um, just sharing about their family because they have a young family. And I think, you know, it's interesting to hear why a young family would decide to pick up and move to another part of the world to serve. And also I ask them just simply to take us through the process of what, um, how they made that decision uh, to do that. And then also what a typical day looks like for them. I think we can lose sight of, of what, you know, someone that's uh, serving as a foreign missionary, just what a typical day looks like. So he, he does a good job of, of taking us through that. And then I always enjoy hearing stories about what God's doing in their midst and what God's doing around the world. So we get to hear a few stories about that, along with some challenges that um, they face specifically. And then also he shares just in general what those who are serving on the field, the challenges that they face. And that leads well into how we can support this family in different ways. And so I'm looking forward to you listening. And again, um, yeah. I know you'll you'll pick up some nuggets from Joel, and so let's, uh, without any more delay, join the conversation with Joel. Joel, it is fantastic to talk to you. I love following you guys, um, just your updates and, and things, you know, and the various ways you do that, but it's just fantastic to talk to you today. Yeah, thank you. It's a joy for me. It's been a long time since I've heard your voice, so I'm looking, yeah. looking forward to today. Yeah, same same here, and, and I'm looking forward to those who are listening to get to know you and your family a little bit better and the work that you're doing and why you're doing what you're doing and those kind of things. So if you're ready, we'll, we'll jump right in. Let's do it. So, you know, I wanted to start off by just giving you an opportunity to tell everyone about your family. You know, what's the makeup of your family and, and um, uh, kind of you know, what their ages are and that kind of stuff. Sure. Absolutely. So uh, my, my wife, Leah, and I have been uh, this this summer it'll be 14 years uh, we've been married and we have three children. 
My oldest daughter is 10. And then we have boy-girl twins who turned seven uh, this last October. Wow. I say wow. For those who are listening, uh, my wife Danielle and I knew uh, Joel and and, uh, Leah about that time, you know, just a few months before you had the twins. And that's and so right. Just yep. to think that it was seven years. It's that's amazing. <laughs> Makes me feel far older than I already do. So <laughs> don't we all? Yeah. Uh, I, and so you got obviously a family of three, three young children. And uh, real quick, how long have you been serving in the field? Yeah. So we, we arrived at the field two years ago at the end of January. So it's been just a, just a shade over two years now, um, that we've been continuously in the field, uh, for our very first term Mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll be here, uh, we'll complete our first term, uh, early fall and then we'll take a, we'll take a, a furlough or or home assignment and, uh, and then come back. Great. So, you know, I know everybody that's listening, they're doing that math real quick, you know, thinking, okay, how old were their kids when, when these guys went into the field? And obviously you have a young family and you made the decision to uh, to serve in a foreign country with them. Uh, take us through the process that you and Leah went through to make that decision. Yeah, so that's a, it was an interesting journey. It was one of those things that um, felt like we went slow to go fast, even mm-hmm. though we weren't trying to go fast. But uh it really just started with, we just had this discontent. Um, you know, I really felt it deeply, not, not like the discontent that, you know, when, when, from a biblical standpoint that, you know, we need to work through and be content in all scenarios, but I call it a holy discontent mm-hmm. where I just knew wh- what we were doing and where we were headed was just not it. Um, but we didn't really have the answers. And so separately we both felt that and came together and, and discussed it and realized we don't know what the future holds, but we're we're just going to pray through this and keep going. And so we just started praying and asking a lot of hard questions, asked it to ourselves, asked it to, you know, people that have supported uh, supported us through through our local, you know, church body uh, in both global outreach and just, you know, in the ministries that we are involved with, just, you know, kind of pinging them. And, and we really just walked straight through each step of it, which is what does this look like? And, uh, who, you know, Chris, who you've, who you've talked to before, um, mm-hmm. great friend of ours. And really, he, he really mobilized us, uh, for simple, God used him in major ways. And he said, you know, you can ask all the questions. The only question you can't ask is how he said, that's God's to answer mm-hmm. and takes care of, but all the rest of them ask, ask away. And so we just started praying and, and, uh, it got to the point where, we knew something something had to happen. Something was going to happen. We just didn't know what it was. Uh, it, it started with just selling our house. Uh, we just knew we needed to downsize and free up not only resources that initially we were we were sending on ahead, um, you know, sending to the to the kingdom work out there with, yeah. with people that we knew in the field, uh, organizations that we were were behind with what they were doing. So it started with that, and you know, your your heart follows your money pretty fast, mm-hmm. and so. So at, at that point, then it was like, well, what's so this was great. You know, we were getting involved, going and doing some short term things and um, learning. Our eyes were being opened. Uh, I took perspectives class, which really uh, revealed, you know, what's going on in the world and how God has worked in the past and in the different ways he's worked and met so many people with that. And any person that had served time overseas, we were grabbing coffee with or dinner or whatever. Right. 
to find out. And we just kept praying. And then Chris called me one day and he said, Hey, we've got this program. Um, it's a prep preparation community to go to the field. And he said, two things happen in this. Number one, you know, for sure you're, you're going to the field and we help you get there. Or number two, you know, for sure you don't belong in the field. And, and both of those things are great. He said, the only thing you have to do is be willing to go if that's what it is. And, mm. and that's kind of where we were. And so that was the summer, um, I guess 2013. I don't remember the exact dates, but then, then it was like on hyperdrive. And so we started going to this community, but we had, didn't have a clue. We didn't have a, a people group in mind. We didn't have a specific ministry we wanted to do. We literally were asking God nightly, hmm. what, you know, what's that next step? Where, what do you want us to do? Where do you want us to be? And through, uh, through that prep community, you know, started answering a lot of those questions, started dreaming more, um, you know, crying out to God and saying, what, what is it that you have for us? And not six months into that, I got the opportunity to uh, leave my corporate job of 12 years. They, hmm. uh, it was sort of like a voluntary um, downsizing. And so if you chose to go, they gave you a pretty decent severance package. And it was one of those things where we were on the bubble. We still didn't have a place. We didn't have an organization. But we knew God wanted us to go. I mean, we felt that confirmation, you know, that that December, like this is it. We are we are heading to the field at some point. We just don't know when. And we made the decision to go ahead and do that. Not so much that we thought we'd be in the field right away, but really it was going to give us the time and the resources to to figure it out, find an organization, work through that and then start that process. But um, God had some faster plans. And within seven months, we were. um we had done we'd done our vision trip, and after that, that was in the spring. And then seven months later, uh, we were on the field. So it happened super fast and atypical. So anybody listening, it does not normally go that fast. <laughs> you are when you start your orientation with an organization, you are roughly about two years away from hitting the field. It just yeah. for whatever reason, things just God God ordained them and and things lined up. So, um, but. The whole process was really, I mean, I can't emphasize enough. It was, it was so much prayer um, and continues to be. I mean, that's, the, that's really our daily, our daily bread is, is that communion with God and, and waiting for him to move, him to lead, him to, to prompt. And, mm-hmm. you know, we don't always get it right, but uh, we, we try our best to, to listen as clearly as possible. And, and when we, we sense that he moves and, and typically we both have that peace and that confirmation or it comes from a different source that it's undeniably God to do that. And uh, yeah. And so so ultimately and we had a little bit different path. Again, we never had a people group. It was always we want to go where, mm-hmm. you know, people. So we we knew we had that burden. We're like, it's it's got to be that it's got to be an unreached people group, whatever that is. And um, God sort of just directed us to the place that we landed here in Central Asia. And we are amongst one of the largest unreached people group or populations in the world. Uh, And it was the right fit for our family. Uh, You know, some of these decisions you'll find as you head towards the field, some of them are extremely practical. Uh, For for example, my wife has celiac, which means she can't eat Mm -hmm. wheat. So... Right away, there were some countries where, you know, the base, you know, for example, in East Asia, the soy sauce generally has wheat in it, has made, you know, some form of wheat is in that. Right. And when that's in pretty much everything that's cooked, that makes it pretty difficult for somebody with celiac to, 
to, you know, go to someone's house and eat, find a restaurant, all those complications. So, I mean, sometimes the decision was that simple. So it was literally, we looked at a world map uh, during our orientation and we knew right away, unfortunately, this area of the world is, is off. And Mm so, you know, and, and then sometimes it's just, you know, there, there's just something occurs there and you see where God's at work in in that situation and is leading you. So that's, that's really good. You know, sometimes we, we overlook the practical things, right. And and seeing how God moves and speaks through those practical things like that. Uh, That's really good. I'm glad you shared that. Yeah. I mean, we're, uh, he, he made us right. Mm -hmm. So how, or who are, you know, sins involved, of course, and there's the, we live in a fallen world, but at the end of the day, none of that is a surprise to God. So, I mean, he, yeah. he made us who we are and, and with our, our, our quirks and, and whatnot, and some of those play into exactly where we need to be. So we'll see how God uses those things mm-hmm. here, uh, longer term. But yeah, sometimes it's somebody once told me, you know what, sometimes I like to over-spiritualize everything, but, uh, you know, there are times where, you know, practically, you look at it, that's just how it is. Yeah. So, no, yeah. no, that's rich. That's really good. Well, um, take us through what a typical day looks like for you and for your family. Sure. So, so we're obviously we're, we're in our first term, mm-hmm. you know, we've been here just over two years. Uh, so our, our time primarily has been spent in language learning, you know, full, full-time language learning. That's, that's our work. That's our ministry. Uh, and so a typical day, like for example, for me, so so today I had a language lesson, uh, which are generally you meet with a tutor, and they're about two two and a half hours, uh, and then there's things called language routes or people you visit frequently who mm-hmm. are patient, willing to listen to you, and you kind of practice things. So visit with them, build relationships and whatnot. So um, you know, doing doing a ver- uh, a language lesson. And then following that up with what we call it, we call it community time here. So spending time out in the, the community, trying to engage and use what you know. And so sometimes that's for practical purposes. Sometimes it's, you know, I need to go to the doctor, so I've got to do that. Or tonight, for example, I was at my kid's school for a parent's meeting. Mm-hmm. So we were the meeting with their, their teachers and, and whatnot. And so that's all part of, of language and, and relationship building. They go hand in hand and uh, and so that's kind of a typical day. And then, of course, there's there's study time involved with that. So the, the whole gamut of language learning of different of lessons, studying, spending time in the community, practicing what you know, listening, practice. You know, sometimes it's watching a, a TV show uh, <laughs> series that you can follow and right. try and you know, understand as much as you can. Yep. Uh, our kids right now go to a local school. Okay. Uh, so they're they're in the language. They're immersed completely. Uh, mm-hmm. there is, they have English classes every day cause, um, every school here teaches English curriculum. Uh, so, so they have a little bit of a break throughout the day, but so their, their days consumed, consumed by that. But that's been for, for our family, uh, as far as language learning and acclimation purposes, that's been the, the greatest solution was to have them in a local school. Uh, it did not come without its challenges and still mm-hmm. today that, you know, there's always that hesitation cause you're never going to be a hundred percent you know, comfortable in, in that, that foreign environment for a, for a while. And especially early on, it takes a while, but they've, they've done awesome. You know, they've, uh, they've really, they've done everything we asked them to do, which was, you know, do what you can understand as much as you can try to make it work. We'll help you wherever we can help, you know, communicate with the teachers and all that. And, and they've, they've done a great job. So that's, Mm. you know, that's kind of from, from the kid's perspective. And then we also have, uh, commitments, 
with uh, with our organization here. So we meet weekly uh, to do our fellowship time. So that's where we gather together to worship together, pray together, study the word together. And then uh, a typical week we'll have what we call strategy time. So that's where we'll, we'll talk through kind of how we're going to approach things, what's going on, update each other, if, mm-hmm. you know, working on some different things to kind of coordinate our efforts. Uh, Cause we, it's very, our organization is very team driven. And so it's important to us that we, you know, we, we work together on these things. So we have that. And uh, we also have time set aside each week, week to pray together as a team, specifically interceding for the people that we, we live amongst. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, been very important to us and you know as it's progressed it's turning into um as part of our strategy to start a disciple making movement here yeah. uh the precursor to that is always prayer so mm-hmm. we've been that and are working on a on a prayer movement now so there's been time spending you know what we call our office hours and just general administrative things that that we have to do um but other than that it's just a normal life we go we go to the park we you know have to go buy groceries and it it's just done in a different context with the, you know, the purpose of, of relationship building. And, uh, I do prayer walking each week. So we have time set aside to do that where we work through different neighborhoods or different areas, wherever we feel God may be leading us. And that's going to continue on as, as we progress through. And once, uh, I move from full-time language to part-time language and, and, you know, full-time quote unquote work, uh, which is, is coming hopefully soon in the next few months. You know, there's a lot. It, um, I think it's good for those that aren't real familiar with what someone's life or you know daily life looks like. You know, to hear a lot of the what goes into it, especially the language acquisition. And what I recall, you know, in the short time that we lived in Thailand, you know, it was it was only six months, but it was long enough to where you really do get into you, you get into that just that routine of life, like you're describing. You know, going to the grocery store, going hanging out, you know, at the park. And I remember going playing basketball and at the park, you know, with Thai guys, you know, and I felt like I was Shaquille O'Neal because, you know, Thai, yeah, was just, <laughs> you really would, you know, because you're being over six foot, but you're just doing life and you're doing, like you said, yeah. you're doing life with, with the cult, you know, those that live around you. And yeah. And, and you're trying to live with purpose and we call it, you know, live a Shema lifestyle from the mm-hmm. Shema, the old Testament of mm-hmm. letting people know one way or another that, you know, you are a spiritual person. And yeah. even though you can't communicate things extremely well, right. you know, there, there's something there that, that doesn't, well, I mean, we don't go unnoticed period because we live in a smaller city. So sure. we're the, the number of foreigners here are limited. So we're, we're well known, um, yep. in that regard, but yeah. And, uh, and we, we're on a fairly new team as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're the most tenured other than our, our leadership who've been here. Wow, I didn't you know, know that. Seven yeah. Years. Yeah. yeah, so we're, we're all brand new. And we actually, today, our newest teammates uh, hit the ground. So mm-hmm. we just welcomed a new family uh, into the fold, which is really exciting mm-hmm. to see that growth. But, but yes, yeah, so, so unfortunately, or fortunately, I mean, it's not a, an unfortunate thing. It's part of the long term. You know, right. when you're playing the long game, you've got to have the language and the culture. It just, yep. it doesn't work. So, but our team leaders have been here about seven years. And so okay. they, you know, their the language is there for them. So mm-hmm. there's, there's discipleship that goes on throughout the week and leadership development and, you know, some evangelistic type of efforts that will 
soon join in once we we move to the the language stays we have the proper proficiency to do that mm. so what do you see god doing you know in your midst i mean obviously you're just explaining you're, you're really kind of spending most of your days learning the language learning the culture and things like that but what do you i know you're seeing god do some things what are you seeing yeah, so there's a couple of ways. I mean, number number one, uh, the sheer fact of you know our team being so new. So God has really brought people and called people here specifically to this city, um, to this organization. We believe for for a purpose, and we're excited to see that unfold. Uh, but within the city now, there there's kind of two things where we've seen God really work. Number one is within the refugee community. We have a fairly significant refugee mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. here in the city. Um, and specifically, uh, one, uh, one country specifically, there are a ton who are, some of them are fleeing persecution for being believers. Uh, but there are a lot that are fleeing for many different other reasons, but they're, they're seeing explosive growth and they're led indigenously. So, um, they have leadership in place and there's, there's actually technically three different fellowships all from the same country. Um, that meet throughout the week and and study and try and encourage each other as they're all looking to be placed by the the UN and hopefully find a permanent home. So God's really done some amazing things within that community, um, unassisted, really. Uh, I mean, there's a little bit, there's a, a family on our team that is working specific, they came here specifically to work with refugees and they're they're you know doing some some discipleship and mentorship, but really it's been um, it's been in place for a few years before that, and it's kind of humming along, and they're mm-hmm. they're just trying to help help uh, help it along and and provide some some guidance wherever they can. But you know God's just really moved, and they they honestly feel more free here, even though this is technically a, a closed country, and you know it's ninety nine point nine percent Muslim or otherwise. Uh, they they feel that freedom from where they came from. And you know, have have the uh, have the freedom to worship and and the protection to worship. I mean, it doesn't always go. Everything's not always rainbows for and and roses. But uh, God's really done some amazing things there. And then the other thing that we've really seen Him, and this is across the country too. We've been connected with others in different organizations who um, God's really been calling people to pray uh, right now. And you know. Just out of nowhere, in different places, I've heard from different friends who've specifically felt led, like now is the time that, you know, we are setting aside specific time to pray, or um, there's a group from a larger city that had an entire week that they did, and they they asked people from all over to kind of join them specifically in that week to kind of do some prayer and fasting and whatnot. And we we as a as a as a team have definitely sensed that, and as we we are pursuing what's considered the disciple making movement model uh that that's a big key piece of it and so really seeing god kind of encourage that and even literally last week some friends of ours that we met in training uh with a different organization but it was cross cultural training before we left there uh they lived in in the middle east for a couple of years or a year and a half and they now live in dearborn michigan hmm. and they or they had the exact same thing, almost identical to what we felt God leading us to do. So um, I really feel like, you know, he's he's in the process of doing something, as we like to say here, Aslan is on the move. So, <laughs> uh, you know, which which that word also means lion in, in this this language. So it's yeah. really interesting, you know, when you can talk about C.S. Lewis and 
and those kind of things. So we, we really see that here and, and I'm seeing, you know, people are, it's a dichotomy. I mean, there's, there's definitely some division, but there's, there's people who are asking questions now or wondering or feel emboldened to kind of, you know, break against the norm a little bit. And I don't think it's always been like that. So, you know, we we're we're excited. We're hopeful. We don't know. I mean, this is a, it's a long road and you know, it has been, there's been people working here for, for many years, but, uh, we're, we're hopeful that something is on the horizon. It sure seems like it. As I talk to others that are kind of serving, at least in the same general area that you guys are, mm-hmm. they say the same thing. All good things, Joel, that you're sharing. I appreciate it. I always want to ask someone who's serving in the field, you know, what are some uh, challenges? It, it can be either a unique challenge or a typical challenge mm-hmm. that you guys face. And if you want to share one or two, I think that'd be good for listeners to hear that. Sure. There's kind of, um, you know, I, th- I think, you know, we definitely, when you read, read the books, talk to the people, you know, I, I always say everything everybody told me is a hundred percent true, but some of those things that they told me were, it's going to be worse than you can possibly imagine or harder than you can possibly imagine. And mm-hmm. so, and, and they're a hundred percent right. And you, you can't, it's just like, are you ready to have a kid? You can <laughs> never be fully ready. Right. And so it's the same kind of thing. So I think, you know, specific to our, there's, there's definitely been some instability in the region. Uh, so there's some unique challenges with that and events that took place. So from a, you know, personal security type of standpoint, there are things that maybe two years ago weren't necessarily on the, on the map, not that they were impossible, but, uh, those, those kind of things that you don't normally think about. And especially when we're in the U S and a day to day that wouldn't, would never have guessed events like that would occur. Right. Uh, so, so those, those are kind of challenges that are maybe more, you know, they're sort of the geopolitical thing specific, but I think the general challenges that we face that we're not alone in that is you know, one specifically is sort of the isolation or loneliness, right? Cause mm-hmm. you can't really communicate with your neighbors. I mean, you can convey some meanings and, and get things going. And as the language comes, especially at first, you can't at all. Uh, but two years into it, you, you you can communicate what you want to communicate, but at the heart level, it's still not there yet. And so it's very, very difficult to, to kind of be in a place where you don't feel you're fully known and you can't fully know someone else. And so you kind of feel like you're a little bit on the island. And, you know, with the time difference in the U.S., the your relationships in the U.S. are we, we could, you can never talk as much as you'd want to and, and praise God for things like Skype and mm-hmm. FaceTime and what so much better and so much easier than it ever has been, but it's, it's not the exact same. So that, that's always a challenge. And I think that impacts, you know, some, some people more than others, depending on where you are in the stage, but definitely through the language learning stage, it's, you, you can know a lot of people have a lot of friends, but it's, it's not what you're used to because the moment you set, set foot on us soil, you can say, you know, specifically anything you want and go as deep as you want with yeah. pretty much any person. No problem where we're yeah. here. It's just you don't have that capability. And so that's definitely a challenge. And then, of course, we've got small, small mm-hmm. children. Yeah. Uh, not super little, but ours were young enough that it, it was a little bit easier to make this transition, but not so young that, you know, it removes some of those obstacles because they all remember the U.S. They remember our oldest, of course, remembers going to school there. So she's seeing a dramatic difference in the way school is conducted here versus back there. So, so it has those challenges. Um, you know, at, at no point did we feel like God just called my wife and I here. We knew it was as a family, mm-hmm. you know, he was not surprised by that. So it was important. So we knew 
but we also knew they were going to have unique challenges with that. So just raising kids in this culture, there's, there's things that are, uh, some things that are straight wrong and need to be redeemed. And there's some things that are just different. They're not wrong, but they're different. And you kind of are living in that tension of navigating the day to day. And a lot of that comes with children and children are highly valued here, but that also means they sort of maybe have a different standard of how your children should, how many layers they should be wearing on a given day, or there's nothing wrong in this culture to walk up to somebody and scold them for, you know, doing something that they feel may be endangering their child. So those, those kind of things that even though you take it in stride and you know, yeah, it's cultural, you still think like, oh, you know, nobody likes to be judged, right? Or knowingly that way. So you feel, you feel kind of like those eyeballs watching. So I, I think there's definitely those, you know, challenges that are unique here with with children um you know we're on the bubble there are some people who come to the field with much older children and those mm-hmm. it's more difficult there younger children just has has those different challenges because you know you're you're they're always bouncing between two worlds i mean even when we're here you know in, in our home obviously sure. we are still americans and we are still culturally that's how we do it and we're, we're all learning together and we have a lot of discussions about you know yeah, this is a little bit different. Or sometimes it's like, you know what? Yeah, that's not okay. Here, they feel like that's okay, but it's really not. And here's how you work through that. So it's a lot of, you know, it's just just normal coaching them through different situations that they encounter at school and and whatnot. So those are, those are definitely there. And everything is great. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All all of those that you shared, I think are are very uh, revealing for those that maybe have never lived in a foreign context where they're you know, for career or otherwise, but in the whole thing that you're talking about, about, uh, you know, that's why they call it a heart language, right? Because, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. if, if it's not your heart language, then you can't go deep and vulnerable, you know, with vulnerability and things in a conversation. And, uh, you, you can only really talk to the depth of how much you know the language and that's, uh, and the culture, not just language, but culture too. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's a um, great case in point. To telling someone here that you're praying for them hmm. is not exact. I mean, this is a slight exaggeration, but it's almost like telling them I, I brush my teeth for you or I brush my teeth for you today because for them, prayer is like a, a ritual thing. It occurs five times a day. You sure. know, we live in Islamic context and it's not just, okay, we set aside this time to pray. It's no, I have hmm. specific things that I do, specific things that I say at this time, you know, in this place. And so, hmm it doesn't have that same meaning. So you can say, you know, I've been praying for you and whatnot. And, and to them, it may be lost on that where in other cultures it would have a far deeper meaning. I mean, that's real high level one. And there's, we could go deeper and deeper on those things, but yeah, even knowing the words doesn't necessarily necessarily convey the same meaning in language learning. You learn that the hard way. Yes. I'll just, as I'm listening to you, I just keep having these different flashbacks to our experience in a, you know, Thai culture and, and how we offended people more than once in the short period of time that we lived there. Oh, man. Yes. It's easy to do when you don't know the culture. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I knew going into it, I would probably offend people all the time and right. you kind of have to thicken up your skin a little bit, but it never gets easier. You still, it, it never is a good feeling, no. even though they know you're a foreigner and, and usually give you the benefit of the doubt, but still, you know, anytime you do something that's so countercultural, it's just shocking to them. Yeah. We could go on and on about that. Yeah. Indeed. Um, I do want to wrap up by just asking the question of how can we support you guys? Yeah. So, I mean, I think with, with anybody, anybody would, would probably tell you, I don't remember whose, whose slogan it is, the more, you know, right. So mm-hmm. just getting, getting engaged and it doesn't, it's not specific to us, but, 
I mean, for me, once my eyes were opened, it, it changed everything for me. Once, you know, I had a better understanding of what was really going on in the world, what, you know, people were, were encountering and what the, the true need was. It shaped my prayers uh, in a much different way, shaped the way I spent money and whatnot. So I, I would just say that the best support that anybody can receive is somebody reaching out to learn more and find out, you know, things like this, just kind of get a better understanding of what's really going on uh, and get engaged. I mean, it's, it's, it takes everybody, you know, yes, we're, we're here, we're in, in country, we're face to face with these people, but we're one small piece of this huge pie that God's doing. He's, he's decided that he doesn't need us. He's decided he wants us here, but he also has people back in the States who are on their knees praying for us and on behalf of us and on behalf of the people here. And there are people who are supporting us financially. And all of those parts play a key role and it cannot happen without them. So figuring out how you, how God wants you to fit into that story and playing that role. And so, so for us specifically, what we really, really need now is, is for people to be praying for what God's planning to do here. We still don't know. We, we are walking Mm -hmm. faith in what we hope is the right direction. Um, but, but for us, it's, it's that. And then, and then just, yeah, staying connected, you know, that, that is so, so key because it's, it's not just, just the relationship part, but we want people to be a part of what's going on. We want them to know what's happening here because we had no idea what it was like, not, not even a clue. I mean, we could kind of guess, but it's so much different than I could have ever imagined being here and would have no way of knowing that. And so just any way to, to find out and learn more, I think, speaks volumes and and really energizes us when we know there are people back home who have a better understanding. Like when we've had family visit, we've had some friends that have come through that we've seen to be able to share with them and show them and introduce them to it, it changes their perspective. And so, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's made a, a huge difference because then there's more people back home who have a better understanding of what God's doing here or planning to do here and, and helps the, the broader, you know, body of, of Christ uh, understand that because uh, we're all in this together for sure. I really like the way that you phrase all that or kind of put it in a package, you know, or it, it kind of takes it a little bit deeper than, hey, we, we covet everyone's prayers. For those that are listening, if you do want to uh, connect with, with Joel and Leah, then um, then just reach out to me, send me a message, and I'll, and I'll be able to get you in contact. And um, Joel, you were sharing with me about uh, you know, a prayer movement that's beginning to take hold there and some things that y'all mm-hmm. are starting to establish. And, and you have a website that you that is uh, good for people to go to and get more information. So if it's okay with you, I'm going to put that on my uh, on my website and the show notes for yeah. this podcast, is, if that works for you. Yeah, that would be wonderful. That's that's the best way. Uh, if, you, if you want to get a good high level of where we feel God's leading us here, that that information is there and it gives you the opportunity to to sign up for what'll be prayer prompts or prayer calendar that that we're going to send out each month as well as an update of you know what what God's done what's the result what's what's happening here and and you'll be walking with us praying with us through every step of the way and cuz we are we are at the beginning of this uh, right now there's in the local culture, not counting the refugees, just uh, of of those that are are here and were born here and and will stay here, there are about a dozen in our city of mm. over three hundred thousand people. Just to give you that perspective, so we are at the very very front edge of this. So it's uh it's it's literally we are we are praying and searching for those people who are open and willing to open up 
you know, their, their pool of relationships, their group of people that they do life with to study the word and hopefully develop into, to a, a body of believers who will, will grow and reproduce and, and will, will make disciples of, of their friends and family. And so, yeah, that website is going to be the, 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 a great entry point or reach out to us directly. Uh, but we are, yeah, our team is, is the one facilitating that site and, and the work that's going on in, in our city. So that's by far the best way, I think, to get the initial info. Very good. That sounds great. Joel, thanks again for taking time and sharing with us. And I, I really do trust uh, that God will use this conversation to uh, compel many others to either go or to sin will. And so that's my hope and prayer. That's great. No, it's been my pleasure. I love uh, I love this so much. So talking about this and uh, engaging with folks interested. Uh, so it's it's great. Tell Leah hi for us and uh, give the Will kids do. a hug, okay? Yeah, thank you. You too. Great information from Joel, um, specifically about what it's like to live in a foreign context with a young family. The first how what the first couple of years typically looks like for a, a missionary. Um, on the field as they're learning a language, getting used to the culture, and really figuring out what God's purpose is for them in that country. And that was very helpful to hear that. Also, we heard about, you know, what God's doing and in, in, in just in their region, in their midst. And, and so there's some good stuff there, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen. You know, there's a couple of things that he mentioned that I want to give some website links to. One is the class perspectives, and I really encourage that, regardless of whether or not you feel like you're being called to the foreign mission field or not. It's a great course to uh, learn about what God's been doing throughout history around the world and what he's doing currently. You get to hear from a lot of um, seasoned missionaries and uh, missionary advocates, you know, it, each week in that course. And it's a, it's a pretty intensive course, but uh, well worth it. And then the other one is just the link to the, the prayer movement that he was talking about, which is a great way to find out specifically more what God's doing through, through Joel and his family and their team there in the country that they're serving. And so I have a link to that website as well. And then if you want to get in contact with Joel and Leah uh, personally, well, I'm going to act as a little bit of a gatekeeper here to protect the, uh, their security needs. So there's a contact form in the show notes for this uh, episode on my website, and you can um, get uh, that information through me. So just send me a, a, an email through that contact form, and then I will give you the information about how to contact them after you and I dialogue some about uh, who you are and, and your interest in them. So hopefully you're okay with that, but it's, it's, uh, it's needed to do it that way. So if you want to go to the show notes, if you're not already on the website page, then go to kennethacamp.com slash episode 21. That is kennethacamp.com slash episode 21. That'll take you directly to the page where you'll find the uh, the show notes for this podcast episode. So again, thank you. And I hope that this does uh, encourage you to either consider going on the field as a missionary or to... Uh, really advocate and intercede and support those that we have sent even better. So again, thank you for joining me here at His Hands, His Feet. Until next time.